Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. We are powered by the Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. This podcast is our eddy in the rushing waters of local journalism. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Remax Key Properties, a family-owned, full-service real estate brokerage specializing in residential, luxury, commercial, new construction, and ranch and land properties. Their new state-of-the-art facility at 42 Greenwood Avenue is a modern, collaborative space and the new home of the Ben Don't Break podcast recording studio. I am Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source Weekly, and today I have with me Giancarlo Gatto. Born and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and southern New Jersey, Giancarlo studied mass media communications and digital art at LaSalle University. After initially working as a creative director for an early web startup, Giancarlo transitioned to what would become a 20-year career as a finance and business professional before joining Ben Film as executive director. Throughout his career, he has maintained his lifelong passion for film by serving on the Ben Film board for seven years, Five of those as board president. He has also performed as a DJ for over 25 years and has recently started producing and releasing electronic music. Giancarlo, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So you uh, have made quite the circuitous journey from uh, your early early college days to finance and now kind of coming back around. What? Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What What made you make the transition? Yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting journey. I never kind of set out to be in finance and banking for 20 years. I would have never guessed that would have been my path. But, um, you know, early on, I was really interested in film and then got interested in music production. And um, that kind of led me into graphic design and creative direction. And that's what I kind of started out doing. And then... um, kind of wanted to move out west and had met my wife and we wanted to relocate and how she old was, were you at that point i was i was probably 23 um and yeah and she was doing finishing up some schooling my dad had a mortgage company and said you know what i think you'd be great at this why don't you come help me out and then started working there found success and my wife and was that here in Bend. That was actually in in uh, New Jersey and Philadelphia. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And then uh, we started having kids, and the rest <laughs> kind of went on. But I think honestly, the mortgage industry, in its own way, um, did scratch kind of the creative itch. You know, there's a lot of creative yeah. problem solving in a mortgage transaction. There's a lot of marketing, and um, yeah. although it might not seem so, it did have an aspect of creativity. But um, I've always kind of pursued that on the side in my own endeavors. When I moved to Bend 12 years ago, I kind of quickly found my way to the Bend Film Board. Uh, and that was a really great way to engage in the community and um, be around other creatives and people interested in the arts and culture and passionate about it. So it was a great outlet. Um, I so served, what brought you out here to Bend? Um, actually, my wife, uh, she got an opportunity when she went to grad school at U of Penn, she got a scholarship to um, to attend grad school uh, with the obligation that she needed to serve in an underserved community for two years after she graduated. And we searched kind of all over. Uh, she found a spot in Madras. We had never really oh, heard of Central yeah. Oregon before and right. came here. And after 48 hours, we went home and 
said, we're probably never coming back if they offer <laughs> us the job. <laughs> and we didn't. We, we, she got the offer and we moved our three kids and, uh, yeah, ourselves across country and, and haven't looked back. Did you move, did you originally, were you in Madras and, and moved down to Ben or were you in Ben and she was commuting up to Madras? Yeah. We, we, people thought we were crazy when we moved here, but from our perspective in like the yeah. Northeast, an hour commute is not too crazy. And especially right. one where you're just on an open road and looking at a beautiful sunrise. So <laughs> right. it, it got old after a while, but she, right. she eventually transitioned to a spot in Redmond and we kind of knew that we wanted to, to be in Bend ultimately yeah. just coming from like a major city, even Bend seemed like a very small town. Yeah. Madras uh, seemed absolutely tiny, tiny right. to what we were used to. Yeah. I love the stories of people who um, <clears throat> kind of back their way into Bend. You know, I, I, there's a gazillion stories of people who were like, Oh, you know, I was, I was flying up here and going to, going to Sun River resort and, been coming here all my life, so I transitioned. But uh, my story is very similar. My wife got a <clears throat> job with the BLM in Prineville, and uh, when we came over for the first time, this was 35 years ago. I was, was at the Denny's on Highway 97, and I looked around. I was like, "Oh, we are not moving here. <laughs> There's no way." Yeah. And then uh, she did take the job in Prineville, but we we lived. They they kind of wisely told her, "You want to live in Bend?" And uh, yeah. And so we moved here and it was kind of an eye opener of like, oh, well, this is actually pretty cool, you know? And yeah, if but it wasn't sold on it. If you're you coming know? from a city, it's, yeah. it's a big, I remember being in like Northwest crossing at night and feeling like it was the middle of nowhere. And the, you know, <laughs> right. it was like a coyote going to jump out of anywhere. Right. So we were not, we were outdoorsy for the Northeast, but I had never uh, lived out West and in a mountain yeah. town, it was totally different experience yeah. we we loved it immediately but we were definitely strangers in a strange land yeah. for a while so how so once you're once you make the move um was it a pretty quick jump to bend film or how long had you been here before you started volunteering for a board like that yeah it was it was probably two maybe three years i tell the story is like i bought a t-shirt i remember the board was celebrating the 10th anniversary of the festival okay. and they were selling t-shirts outside of, of Starbu Starbucks yeah. and I bought the t-shirt and kind of wanted to go to the fest, didn't end up going. And then I was at a Halloween party or something and someone asked me if I had been, they happened to be on the board. They heard that I was in finance and they said, you should come talk to the board. And yeah. I think Pretty quickly, I was treasurer, and then, a really good board yeah, asset. Everybody right. wants to hand yeah. that board job <laughs> off, and right. then um, the acting board president—he had been on the board for a long time and and really done a great job, but but definitely served his time, and he uh, stepped away, and then um, I became board chair and I did that for I think four or five years. Yeah, well, it's been a—I um, <clears throat> mean, being—I I know from being in the event side myself, but. Uh, those seven years that you've served on the board, they've been an incredible roller coaster ride. Given uh, you know the media rocket uh, <clears throat> success of Ben Film prior to 2020, and then COVID hits, and the festival has to transition and change. It's not uh, you're not mailing in your board work at that point. You're working. Yeah, it was yeah. it was challenging. I mean, rewarding and challenging. I always enjoyed being on the board. Um, I think the organization did a really good job. The executive director um, and the board did a great job of navigating COVID. Mm -hmm. um, not 
all film festivals survived it. Right. Um, and we ended up um, better for it, I think, on the on the back end of it. We really leaned into it, and the virtual festival was successful. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, that's kind of around the time that I, like, shortly thereafter thought I had served my time and stepped away. Yeah. Um, the festival <clears throat> really got back to pre-pandemic levels at this yeah. at this past fest and so we feel like strongly strongly back in in it yeah that's kind of a hard transition isn't it i mean and and we should say you're you're moving now you're the executive director yeah. you've you've changed your role yeah and maybe before i ask you more pointed questions about the festival from that perspective why make the transition i mean that's a rare jumping from yeah. the board and now you're gonna you're gonna ed that you've got a career you know, what, what drives you to take something like that on? Yeah. And it, I, I had yeah. stepped away from the board and was kind of refocusing on my business and, um, mortgage industries changed a lot mm-hmm. and, you know, is cycling through. Um, and I've done through COVID really re-engaged myself in, uh, music production and DJing and the music creative side of what I love and took, um, uh, class online with a cohort of people um, that really was like, it was great in the obvious ways, but the big takeaway was I love to be around other creatives and that like that connection and that community was really something that I was missing. You mm-hmm. know, I, I mean, I had that with board involvement, but COVID hit and and I really wanted to, to lean into that yeah. in a different sure. way. Um, my kids are, are older now, they're all in high school and we're kind of looking at what the next phase would be. Um, and then this opportunity came along and I kind of threw my hat in the ring and thought if it's a great fit for the organization, I think timing wise in my life, it would be a great fit for me, a good time to, to kind of make a change and, and dive into like the direction I want to go for, for my next chapter. Yeah. You, you generally, I mean, they've got to be very happy in that there aren't a lot of executive directors who come with both a interest in the arts and a passion for finance or an understanding of the books. And man, if any nonprofits know it's, that's a, that's the line you're walking on all the time. Yeah. Especially in the phase we're at, we have a great staff. We're well-staffed. Um, you know, I mean, unfortunately for me, I'm not, uh, able to dive in head first to all the creative aspects. It's yeah. more about creating sustainability in the organization mm-hmm. and solidifying relationships. And that, that's a lot of what I did sure. in my former career, but I think, yeah. I think it's a good fit and it feels, feels good so far. So not jumping to any conclusions, but it sounds like during the pandemic, you had a real shift personally and, uh, you know, wanted to get, <clears throat> make a new you. Yeah. You know, looked around and, uh, and you're DJing now. Yeah. I've been, that's kind of <laughs> taken off, which right. has been super fun. My kids kind of laugh at me and scoff, but, um, there's a really great, Do you play your beats for them. Do you, do I you try. Know? Yeah. They, they're, they, no matter how like cool of a gig I get or whatever, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice dad. There's, <laughs> I'm great. not impressing anybody right. in my house, Right. but it's, it's really been another fun way to engage. There's a great, yeah local music community and um although most are like half my age they've been super inclusive of me and i've made some really great friends as a result and so that's been that's been super fun is that scene which is you know it's all kind of the same same thing you know the the arts and culture of a city is really what makes it a place worth living and like 
I love just being involved in in that in any way I can. Where do you where do you think you find the energy for that kind of change? I mean, what what was it? Was there what was the catalyst for it? And if it's not a catalyst, do you just feel like you've got some like energizer bunny thing going? I I, I must lately. I say like <laughs> I was a I'm like a, a large boulder. It takes a lot to get me moving. Yeah. But once I do, I'm I'm hard to stop. And yeah. I think like early in my like life and career, I I didn't have that kind of energy and didn't um, kind of take advantage of the opportunities that maybe I had. And mm -hmm. I think just reassessing that and like doing some a lot of work personally and like learning more about myself and what I wanted and like how I operated and what my values and where I was wanting to go um, played a huge part in it. And in terms of my music endeavors, in terms of career change, and then honestly, not to sound cheesy, but I think my kids, um, you know, you give them all this life advice <laughs> and then you kind of look at yourself and you're like, okay, I need mm -hmm. to, I should practice what I preach here. You know, yeah. I'm telling you to be passionate and follow where, where you, uh, where your passions lie, work hard and you know, the rest will kind of figure itself out. So that's kind of <laughs> the, you got to set the example and not yeah. just talk the talk. I'm sure the kids didn't know that meant beats in the evening and no <laughs> yeah they didn't think <laughs> it was more vague than that yeah now that the, that you got it they got uh they got cool dad and they don't know it they don't think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know let's um you know a lot of film festivals i know one of the challenge and this is true with <clears throat> you know a lot of events that went virtual it's really hard to make that transition back from being virtual people are used to you know the virtual lifestyle and trying to emphasize or create that kind of in-person culture, which, you know, actually personally I've, I find, you know, necessary, yeah. you know, but did you have trouble getting people back? What do you think the future for that looks like? I mean, I'll give the, the credit and, you know, to the staff and the existing um, culture there for this last festival in terms of getting people back. I think what, in retrospect, what I would attribute it to, I think Ben Film had has had and has a really strong uh, culture of community involvement. It's not just a film festival. We've got a long history of partnering with nonprofits and and partnering with sure. other organizations yeah. around the town. So I think that helped us in terms of people being hungry to reengage with us. We have been a cultural leader in central Oregon for a long time. Yeah. And so with coming back to, I, th I think there is a hunger for in-person experiential events um, in an age where you can get anything you want streamed. Right. You know, movie theaters are suffering. So I think Ben Film, I hope, is looked at as something where it's an experience, it's a social event, it's, yeah. you know, a family, it's, it's community. Um, and I think people were, I don't think that's a hard sell. And I think... Ben Film had had that going for it for a really long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised because it it has it doesn't seem like Ben Film did have a hard sell on that, but I do know like industry wide that a lot of people have kind of felt more comfortable enjoying things streaming. I mean, again, like to me, the whole experience of Ben Film is 
going to funky, you know, venues and you don't know what kind of what the film's going to be. I mean, you read a little paragraph and, you know, that's the sense of surprise and you can hear the sense of surprise in the room when people are like, wow, that was an incredible film and it's collective. And um, <clears throat> but you guys have made a good transition. And do you um, for the future of the film, do you see more of that? I mean, what is it? What is the what do you see as executive director for yeah. where it goes yeah. in that hybrid environment? <laughs> Yeah, we, we're still going to offer, we're playing with the virtual portion of the festival and how exactly to integrate that. Mm-hmm. And there's some pushback industry-wise in terms of it makes it a little more difficult now to do the virtual portion. So, um, But I, I think there's plenty of room for growth with the festival. Um, I really want to have it expand to, I think there's like a mystique and I hope if there's a message for people to take away is that there's not it's not inaccessible. I want the festival to be felt as perceptually as accessible in the sense right. of you don't have to have an MFA in film to go enjoy it. You don't even necessarily have to buy a pass and see four films a day. There's certainly a place for that and we offer an amazing program to take advantage of that for people that that are uh, oh. just obsessed with film and want to do that and have that experience. But there's also an experience where you can just buy a ticket to one or two screenings. You can come to one of the parties and just be happy that we have an amazing festival in the town. Yeah. Um, so I think there's opportunity for growth there. Uh, we've also got a, an amazing opportunity with a grant that was previously approved um, to us to create a filmmaker summit that's going to lead into the festival this year. This will be the first year. Oh, wow. Um, and it also allows us to have a full-time director of education. So a big part of our mission is education and community-based education. And so this will be a really great opportunity to, to deepen those roots and um, in the community. So Filmmaker Summit, what does that mean? Like people are showing their films here, come together before and do educational class. Is it an educational component? Yeah, it's an, it's an educational component for filmmakers maybe earlier in their career to come and... Um, interface with some higher level further in their career filmmakers producers distributors um, maybe they have a specific project that they want to bring to the um the summit yeah um and it yeah it it should hopefully um be made up of some of our filmmakers that are here for the festival and should dovetail nicely into the festival with some of our our panels and um, hopefully integrate with some of the surrounding yeah, communities. Too. That's great. Yeah. I'm always super impressed by sisters folk festival and the way they do their educational component ahead of time. And they get those performers to step off the stage and do some stuff with young artists. And it's a very cool, you know, segue into then you see them up on stage and the kids are up on stage with them. Cause of course it integrates and exactly yeah, just a very cool thing. Yeah. The, um, <clears throat> What new, what, any other new things coming to Ben film that people should, I mean, I know you're, you got a little ways off for planning, but yeah, still obviously with the program that gets determined, you know, shortly before the festival, but I think that's only grown in, um, quality every single year. Um, our director of programming, Celine does an amazing job with that. Um, submissions are off to a great start. We just opened our submissions and they increased every year. Um, and look like they'll probably increase as well. So I expect, yeah. you know, another amazing fest with films. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, one of my goals is to increase some f- 
physical visibility with the festival. So maybe, you know, maybe we close down a street or maybe we have a cool. kind of bigger opening party with some some music acts or something yeah. like that. So yeah, that used to be a big part of it when we used to do the tent on on Oregon and you know, it was a it was a great little soiree. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like lean into a little more yeah. of the fe- it's a festival. Uh-huh. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the magic happens in the theaters. So sure. just kind of bringing that out so yeah. perks some people's interest into what, what's what's going on. Have changes in the and I don't know how much this affects you, but you know the film industry itself is going through a, a revolution. There's, of course, streaming pressures and and uh, how much do you hear from local filmmakers or new indie filmmakers that, I mean, you guys got to start being more of an island in, in the storm, you know, like a place where you can still show films and to a live audience. Yeah, what one of the I think it's it's a huge thing. It's evolved and still mm-hmm. evolving. Um, I think FemFilm is known as a filmmakers festival. That's a, a lot of times the feedback we get That's from great. filmmakers and just, you know, listening to their stories and knowing what is offered at other festivals. We really take great care of our filmmakers when they come here. Yeah. I mean, it's universal. They have an amazing experience and that's, um, a credit to the community in terms of embracing them when they're here, mm-hmm. but also to the businesses and the sponsors that support, you know, the hotels that that put them up, the the people who will have them actually in their own homes. Yeah. Um, I think filmmakers really enjoy coming. Uh, it's not we're not a huge distribution hub like a, a Sundance or something like that. So it's a place to really show your films in front of a and a real audience, right. not not an audience of industry people, sure. and and get real reactions and talk to real people, and yeah. and I think the filmmakers appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I th- I think it's you know hopefully we're we're on the right end of that evolution, but it, it feels it feels pretty good and well received. I mean, you kind of mentioned it that through COVID, I mean, a lot of film festivals didn't make it. A lot of these smaller kind of bootstrap type of uh, events just didn't come through. And do you see the landscape being a lot more open for you guys as a film festival of prominence? Yeah, I mean, I I think so. (sighs) We've got a lot of interest. You know, we've had people from, you know, former uh, Sundance people that have come here and said, Mm -hmm. you know, it's important to know what you've got here. Like this is, this is something that's pretty special. Um, So it's, it's a question that we're going to deal with with the board in terms of like our strategic planning Mm -hmm. of who we want to be and where we want to go. We want to continue to do what we do really well um, and kind of see where this next festival cycle leads us in terms of attendance and, and films. But um, I do think we, we stand in a pretty good spot and especially in relation to what's happening, you know, with film festivals elsewhere. I know. Yeah. Ashland, Um, has not had their festival for a while. They're, they're, I know they're trying to reboot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're in. We're luckily in a really. I have inherited a great yeah. situation as a credit to the the past. Yeah. Um, ED great. and boards and and whatnot. We're reaching the end of our time. Uh, anything you wanna <clears throat> that we didn't talk about that's of importance to you or 
Yeah. Um, I Prominent think, DJs that are yeah. leaning on you. Booking, <laughs> bookings you want to get? <laughs> we, we can try. Um, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is we to express we do really appreciate the community support. It is really the engine of what makes us go. Yeah. Um, I think it's you know, a kind of hard to express the importance of what we do. It's just not quite as obvious as some other nonprofits, but we are certainly a nonprofit. Um, and I think what we do, I know what we do has a really great economic impact to the area. There's some statistics and numbers around that as far as what we, what we add in terms of mm-hmm. uh, economic impact to the area, but also in terms of what makes a place worth living. You know, arts and culture are really at the core of it. Um, you know, we need all the social services, but we also need arts and culture. And so just encouraging people to continue. Um, we've had great support from community businesses, individuals, um, but we really want to see everyone come out yeah. and embrace the yeah. festival, volunteer, just come to a, a screening. Um, it, it's very rare that someone does that and leaves disappointed. Like the film, hate the film. <laughs> it's an experience, and right. you maybe get to meet the the filmmaker, and it is always inspiring to hear their story, to watch their film, and then hear what needed to happen to make that happen. Yeah, is always really touching and inspiring. So, as we get a little further away from COVID, you can see that kind of uh, blush on the rose of events start to fade. You know, a little bit. People are like, "Oh, this is just what our community has." It for lack of a better term, they, you know, they take it for granted. They think, well, these have always been here. There always will be here. Ben film certainly has always been here, always will be here. Yeah. And, um, it's just not the case. You know, it takes people like yourself. It takes a community that's willing to support the arts. And, um, you know, I, I have started to kind of feel like, you know, oh, you know, it was, events were so beloved right off when they came right back after COVID and, and now we're we're far enough away that people are like, oh yeah, events they're they're here, you right. know. But you can't just be there, and <clears throat> it has to it has to have impact. Yeah. And I I, sh- I too want to mention too the I didn't mention it, but we Ben Film does own the Tin Pan Theater, so Ben Film yeah. is a nonprofit. Right. Um, but we do also we we acquired the Tin Pan Theater in 2019, and if people have not been, it's an amazing, yeah, quirky little 30 seat <laughs> art theater. house theater. Yep. Great special events, amazing programming of films, um, private rentals now uh, at the Tim Pan. So yeah. if, if you've not been there, uh, it's really like a treasure to bend, uh, I think, and Tim yeah. Pan Alley. Yeah, Tim Pan Alley is such a cool little little place for it to be and yep. get a beverage at San Simone, walk over. Exactly. Do you think? So, yep. Yeah. Well, uh, Gene Carla, thank you for spending some time with me here. I appreciate you. Wish you all the luck. It's Ben Films been a a great community asset. I look forward to it every year. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast, powered by the Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com.